five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for KFC is launching its Beyond Fried Chicken today, the 10th. And so here's a commercial that I found. That's actually from 2019 when they first tried it out. And when they first tried it out, it sold out in literally five hours or something. And I think what we have here is the Pringles phenomenon. Uh, Pringles took a couple of markets to test their product. It, it, it reminds me of this because it's kind of fake potato chips, right? And I particularly like Pringles. I love Pringles. But um, when they first came out, they saturated the media in, in test markets and nothing like the media that they would normally do, you know. And everybody decided that they should get a, have a try at one of these Pringles. And uh, so they just flew off the shelves. And so um, they built three more plants to uh, factories to build, you know, Pringles. And they sat on the shelves because once people tried them, they said, well, they're not quite as good as real potato chips. Uh, and that commercial was actually for two years ago when they launched it. I couldn't find a good commercial. So here we are, Beyond Fried Chicken. There was a review that I happened across. And um, this was pretty thorough. He said that they smelled bad uh, when he brought the bag back from the KFC. It was just covered in grease. He said, so these are probably really good for you. I think my my analysis of Beyond Meat is that it's not really better for you than meat. Uh, it's got different th different harmful harmful factors. Uh, although when you're on a long vegan fast, as as we do orth in the Orthodox Church, it's nice to have a burger. But the advantage of a burger is you can smother it with mustard and ketchup and other things, and it's it doesn't matter too much what's in the burger. <laughs> But anyway, so this guy said that it smelled in his car. It smelled very bad in his car. And that might be because the, the oil uh, takes over as the, as the smell. He said they didn't smell like Kentucky Fried Chicken Nuggets. Um, well, here comes. I'll just give That's you what these taste like. I mean, I, I understand it. It's for people that don't want to eat meat. But I would only eat these if I absolutely had to when I was starving. These are not good. Ah, does it taste like chicken? No. <laughs> the breading on the outside is not bad because it tastes a little bit like KFC. Ah. I give these a 3.5 out of 10. Okay, so it gives them a 3.5 out of 10. That seemed to be a consistent rating. So if you really want to be vegan and you want it to really taste like meat, which seems like a conflict of interest, then these might not be for you either. <laughs> to the news okay zero party data data what is zero party data this is a new the new buzzword it was actually coined by uh forrester in early 2019 <clears throat> and this is a really nice live intent blog that tells you what zero party data is i don't understand this box but it is lively um, so third-party data, they aggregate it. You know, somebody somebody drops a, a third-party cookie on your computer and it follows you around, okay? And by following you around and big data and AI, they decide what you're like. Is it accurate? No. Does anybody trust it? Probably not. But 
And is it going away? Perhaps. But the point is that that's what it is. Okay, second party data, it might help with big audiences. It might help a little. It's hard to say, you know, half-baked data might be worse than good data. I think it always is. Second party data is where they team up and have a partnership. So like KFC and Beyond Meat have a partnership. And so maybe they will share data on the launch, right? Okay, um, it benefits both parties and there's a little more uh, connection with the customer because they're buying one or the other product. And so you at least get a um, better than a convenience sample set, better than just sort of random browser history. Okay, first party data is what we basically have always used for modeling. It's what did you buy? You know, when did you buy it? Um, what was the what was the what was the advertising vehicle that triggered it? Um, those kind of pieces of information are consumer only. Now we we then could sometimes take that consumer customer rather data and say, okay, well where are our customers better represented? Where are they worse represented? Oftentimes it's easier to rule out than it is to rule in. Okay. You don't know why your best customers are your best customers. I call that the I love you variable, but you might be able to figure out why some people don't buy your product. You know, like, well, we'll get into that if we go, if we go down into the article a little more. And then there's zero party data. That's the new thing. And basically what it is, is information people are willing to tell you. And the, you know, while it's a nice idea, um, you know, they're, uh, Amazon surveyed me and asked what kind of books I like. You know, they could have seen that I liked Christian books and I liked hunting books. And that's what I pretty much bought. <clears throat> and now I bought a B book and I bought some marketing books. Okay, so the, those are my main buys from, from Amazon. They could extrapolate from that on first party. <clears throat> but instead, they decided to ask me what books I liked. So I thought, okay, Christian books. They didn't have a category for Christian. And this is one of the troubles. If you don't ask the right questions, you can get really bad answers, right? So there was no answer for what I wanted to give them. And so I put down spiritual. And then uh, they asked, and then I looked for hunting. There was no hunting. All I could put was something like outdoor adventures. Uh, and so what I got was basically, you know, this kind of thing. Vegan, the, the KFC thing. Vegan, uh, you know, guy and be at one with nature books, um, which is kind of the opposite of where I'm at. Uh, and that's one of the challenges. Also, uh, you know, when we were modeling Cabela's, which was was first party data, they said, well, we have a lot of survey data. And I said, well, what percentage of your customers are represented by the survey data? And they said, oh, a couple of percent, a couple of percent answer the questions. OK, so what does that get you? Well, yeah, you can you can assume it's right unless you just heard the Amazon story, but it doesn't apply to most of the customers. So it's very, very difficult to extrapolate those answers if people haven't answered. And it's very dangerous to assume that people, because they bought by a web, only want email. You know, that's a dumb assumption. You want to mail them a little bit, right? Now, I have... I have mailers that where we tested the Amazon buyers and we found that they were worse than nothing, that they were tremendously unprofitable when we mailed them quickly thereafter. So you can't, you know, but again, that's a rule out. Not a rule out. Okay. 
So be careful. Zero party data, you're going to hear a lot more about. It's preferences. That's what's highlighted there. It's preferences and it doesn't extend to your entire customer group. It doesn't mean that other people who didn't tell you their preferences had this would have the same answer if you thought they did. Okay. Here's a really good article. Direct mail marketing, five keys, key considerations. Mm, I think we're going to pass on this because we talked too much about the meat, but tomorrow we'll do direct mail marketing, five key considerations. And that's from Lance Hill over in the UK. Excellent article. Give us a lot of, to think about. I don't want to short sheet it today. So have a great day. Like and share. And I would say stay away from the KFC <laughs> to beyond fried chicken, unless you have a medical reason or something to do it. But I doubt it's any good for you with all the grease and all the other stuff. Have a great day. Bye-bye.